Chris Galza here with Matt Howell. And on this week of The First Run, we publicly serve Olivia Wilde with another review of her latest, Don't Worry Darling. Is it as bad as critics make it out to be, or is Harry Styles so miscast that not even Florence Pugh and Chris Pine can save it? Then we'll open up the 80s nostalgia time capsule and pull out a sequel I don't think anyone was asking for with Confess Fletch. This one replaces Chevy Chase with John Hamm, though, so it can't go anywhere but up, right? Right? And as always, we'll run down the upcoming major releases on physical media, our straight-to-DVD and streaming picks of the week, then finalize the latest notch on our podcast bed frame with our top five alternate reality parallel universes. I realize now that even saying that might be a spoiler for one of the films, but oops. Anyway, let's take a listen to Don't Worry Darling While I Fire Yet Another Intern. Yeah, you, uh, you didn't finish your story. Mm. Bill over here is probably one of the worst I'm sorry, golf players. I'm sorry, I'm not quite I'm not. finished. Violet, where did you meet Bill? We, we yeah. met on a train. To Boston. Boston. Yeah. Huge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped your ticket, and he bent down, picked it up, gave it to you, right? It is, yeah. That's how Margaret met Ted. And Peg, am I right in thinking that that's how Debbie McIntyre met her husband? Yes, I am. That's how they met. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, I'm, I'm jealous, honestly. It's such wow. a sweet story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not funny. It was coincidence. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. There are only so many different stories that we're told. We're told what we remember until we try to remember things that they want us to forget, like Margaret. Alice. No. Jack. It's okay. I'm curious to hear where she's going with this. Frank is doing something to us. Ooh. Frank is doing something. That Frank, of course, Matt, is the aforementioned Chris Pine. So, Matt, what is Don't Worry Darling all about? And then, of course, to stick with our format, I have a question for you. (laughs) Of course you do. So... It's uh, post-war America. It's the 50s. Things are booming. Jack um, and his wife, Alice, they are uh, moving out to a a secretive new job that uh, Jack has gotten with something called the Victory Corporation. And they're moving out to basically a company town where everything is going to be provided for. With one caveat is don't leave the grounds of the town and don't go wandering out into the middle of the desert or, you know, bad stuff could happen because they're working on dangerous things. Well, of course, somebody decides to go out into the desert and see what's going on because they just can't uh, figure out what's going on. And strangeness ensues. That sounds pretty accurate to me. So, Matt, I'm very excited that the soundboard basically has been fully reloaded. So we have a bunch of stuff for you, some classics, some new stuff. Good. Uh, So I know you're looking forward to that. But let me ask you about Don't Worry Darling. Is it a smart paranoia thriller from a unique female voice or perhaps is it a fumbled commentary on bro bra dude that kind of thing uh what is what are your thoughts on don't worry darling you know chris um as usual with your questions i mean why can't it be somewhere in the middle um but i mean i i think there are things to like about this film i think it is a commentary that i, I honestly i you know it's not one we haven't heard before. That doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't worth telling, but it's not a necessarily a unique uh, point of view where it ends up. Um, and I think there's some things that go pretty. That this thing is goes does pretty well. I think it looks really good. I think some of the performances are really yeah. good. Um, yeah. But I don't think it really. It doesn't really bring a whole lot new to the table. It's not. Uh, if, if Olivia Wilde is a new and exciting, unique voice, this may be her generic stumble at the beginning of her directorial career that she's got to get out of the way. Yeah, I think that is a great way of putting it. I agree with you. I think there are some really interesting things in this film. It's basically, it's her second feature, right? After Book Smart, mm-hmm. a film that I think you both, both of I, both of I? Both of I. You yeah. and I both enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's lacking something. I feel like she's not really there yet as a filmmaker to tell the story she's intending to tell. And I think one of the big 
um, I don't know, giveaways on that is that scene we just heard in the clip between Florence Pugh and then they're having dinner, right? And Chris Pine's character, he's our, I don't know, our cult air quotes leader, our L. Ron Hubbard, if you will, <laughs> type, right? And right. the two of them together, whenever, well, unfortunately, which is very fleeting in the film. But when the two of them are on screen together, I think the film kind of really comes alive. It's mm-hmm. almost electric. I think they're two good, te- big talents. And unfortunately, she fumbles, I think, that whole scene and plays it out, I think, entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think it could have been really more, much more interesting and really grab you. And I think that's one of the big issues I have with the film is that even when the final reveal comes, not only is it unremarkable, but she kind of bumbles it. And it the whole thing kind of plays out like that. I think they do an interesting job on sound design. Mm-hmm. I think you hear it right at the end of that clip. There's this rhythmic kind of thumping that kind of shows up. And the atmospherics are nice. I think it has a nice unsettling feeling kind of present throughout the proceedings. But I'm not... It As a whole, it doesn't really come together for me. She's making this kind of incel mystery thriller that I think could have been much more acerbic much more biting and much mm-hmm. more revelatory than it is. And then she makes some really weird decisions. I think Gemma Chan's character, particularly her move at the end, doesn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't explore anything. Chan's character, Matt, is rife with possibility. Because she is basically, I'm trying to dance around this, but I'll just say she's a traitor to her sex, mm-hmm. right? But she has some moment where she has a revelation i i don't know i mean there's just a lot of just mm, kind of moments in this film which unfortunately weigh against i think some of the successes like chris pine is allegedly from what i read it represents kind of a a jordan peterson character that's Mm -hmm. why i particularly use that that drop there lol so i don't (laughs) there's just lots of weird little things like that that i think she just trips over yeah it's a very high-minded concept with and i don't want this to come off as i'm defending them or any way but incels are they're like a punchline joke they don't they're not like some group that's in any kind of power that anybody has to worry about i mean they're basically existive online trolls but mostly they're pathetic so like the fact that you're trying to like make this commentary that there's this insidious thing going on it just doesn't land as well as i think she wants it to Maybe mm-hmm. if she had changed the focus, something a little more, I don't know, maybe something more powerful in society that she could talk about, maybe that would be, uh, make it impact more impactful. Or, or like you said, maybe it's just that she's not ready for these kind of high-minded sci-fi concepts as far as a filmmaker goes. I think it has some decent ideas, and I think, it lo- like you said, it has its moments, sure. um, and it looks pretty good, but I just think it's just... Uh, seen a lot of sci-fi, seen a lot of head scratchers, and fortunately this kind of falls in the middle of the pack. And there's other things too, like the earthquakes. Yeah. They're never explained in any mm-hmm. capacity. And I don't know if they just serve as red herrings yeah. in the story. Because I try and, when you get the final reveal and everything kind of kind of comes together, I don't see the allegory to those, like what those represent mm-hmm. in any capacity. I don't. Yeah. And... I don't know. Would you have any ideas what those were? Because I couldn't find anything online. Was it... See, my my thought was, and I'm trying to struggle to remember, but is it something like... My thought would be is that it was kind of, again, spoilers, I guess, like upsetting the system. Like something's being challenged in the system or like she's questioning something. So it's like almost like you're upsetting this delicate balance so the whole thing is shaking but i'm trying to i'm trying to stretch my brain if there were like specific incidents that like preceded those earthquakes that no because one of the opening scenes when they're having dinner together Mm -hmm. they kind or they're making dinner in the kitchen it happens yeah and they're just yeah a moment together i don't know yeah i really don't know i don't i'm not sure what it could be your guess is as good as mine Fair. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Missed opportunity. Like, lots of little, I think, things that are interesting. Like, Wild mentioned this in an interview, which I thought was fun, is that, like, there are no moments of men receiving any type of sexual pleasure in the film. It's mm-hmm. always the women. Mm-hmm. All right, which I think is a nice touch. But overall, it's just generally unremarkable. And I think, really, if anything, it's Pine and, of course, particularly Pew that makes this thing watchable. I think she... 
hoists this thing on her back and really kind of delivers the uh, the film for us. It is, I mean, I don't know, if it's, it's not quite a training day scenario for me, but it swings and misses more than it hits, Matt. I, I feel for Don't Worry Darling for all its concepts. It just doesn't quite have the execution I'm looking at. I'm giving it a, a C plus, probably mostly on Pew. And conceptually, I like the idea. Mm-hmm. I just was hoping for a little more. Yeah, um, I think I would have to give it a gentleman C. I think that's basically, it's a middle of the pack movie. So you got to give it the, the absolute middle of the pack uh, score as far as a letter grade goes. That's fun. So I think I sounded more critical in our discussion, yet you're, I had the higher grade. <laughs> well, you like Florence Pugh more than I do. Not that I don't like Florence Pugh, but you really like Florence Pugh. Yeah, I, yeah, I think she's great. What, do we want to touch at all on Harry Styles? Or just want to leave well enough? You know, how many times you want to kick a... Yeah, just, I'd, I'd say we just move on. He's got some... <laughs> I like some of his songs, you know. He's he's a dynamic uh, musical performer. I'll give him that. <laughs> all right, all right. If you had a chance to see Don't Worry Darling, it's currently playing in theaters all over the world. Shoot us an email at feedback at com. Matt, coming up on Physical Media this upcoming Tuesday, October 4th. Not much. Going to be a short segment. I think hopefully for a lot of people would be happy to hear that. But uh, also the go-to resource that I always rifle through to pull the details was down. Like I couldn't find any information. So I had to go to an alternate resource. So I don't have a lot of detail for you. It would probably make you even happier. But um, (laughs) let's talk uh, a little bit about what's coming up. Particularly, Matt, it's really all 4K this week is what we need to be concerned with. So and here's a big one. I wonder if Matt's going to upgrade this. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! The 12-gauge double-barreled Remington, S-Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right, shop smart. Shop S-Mart. You got that? That's right, folks. Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness is being released in UHD this upcoming Tuesday, October 4th. Uh, I have this on Blu-ray, Matt. I had it on VHS, had it on DVD three separate times, Mm -hmm. and then I have it on Blu-ray twice. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I'll be upgrading the UHD. I can't imagine. Could the picture and sound be that much better? I guess it's possible. What's your format history on Army of Darkness? Uh, I have the DVD. The end. That's it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm not... I I like the Evil Dead, but I don't love the Evil Dead as much as you right. do. So you... you Honestly, Chris, I think you have a bit of a problem. I, if I Every time a new Evil Dead something comes out, I feel like I have to have an intervention for you to like talk you out of it. But uh, based <laughs> off of your history. But I... This hits the right price. I will pick it up because obviously it'd be a major upgrade for me. Yeah, absolutely. It is Shout Factory. Now, they had some super duper special editions which included like a poster and enamel pin set and more. That's all sold out on Shout's website. So you can get a steelbook or a traditional release. You know, the first DVD I ever bought, and I still have it to this day because it was the first DVD I ever bought, mm-hmm. was I think it was Elite's release of The Evil Dead. Mm. First one I ever bought. I didn't even own a DVD player yet. And you just and I bought it, it. Huh? Yep. It's dedication. I think folks. I was at, uh, was it not, not Suncoast. What was the record store kind of tape place cd FYE? store back at no it was before fye uh coconuts no nope. strawberries it may have been strawberries maybe and was there a bananas too uh, i don't remember seeing any, any bananas 
I don't know why. Uh, why? Maybe someone can tell us why uh, old music stores are named after fruit for some reason. It's <laughs> a good question. I bought it at Strawberry Shortcakes. Mm. No, but it was at the Westfield Mall in Meriden. Okay. I remember very clearly, I believe, that's where I bought it. So um, it is an FYE. I think it's still there. Is it's it? one of the few FYEs left. Wow. I, I think the one in Manchester. Is that one still open? or is that? Uh, I haven't Maiden? been to Manchester in years, so I can't say. It was still open the last time I was there. All right. Now, last time I was in Connecticut, I went to Newberry, mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't been there in a long time. And I was very disappointed because they've pretty much their like their movie section is almost entirely gone. It was like there's really nothing there, and the used stuff too was really scaled back. It was very disappointing. It's a lot of a lot of tchotchkes. Yeah. Now, disappointingly, so that's what sells, man. That's what the kids want. The su- what do they call them? The pops, the sub pops. Yeah, what the Funkos, the-, the Funko pops. Yeah, that's it. Kids love those. So coming up, there's a French film called My Donkey, My Lover, and I. I, From what I understand, it's not a dirty movie. It's about a grade school teacher named Antoinette who's really looking forward to her break because it means sneaking off with her married lover and people's dad, Vladimir. When it turns out he's going on a hiking vacation to the mountains that his wife booked, she signs up too. Oh, that sounds like trouble. (laughs) Uh, Also coming out is uh, Ken Burns and Lynn Novick's The U.S. and the Holocaust which I believe you can also stream on PBS right now, which examines the U.S.'s response to the Holocaust and how it kind of mirrors some of the stuff we're seeing today. I haven't watched it. I hear it's quite depressing. Matt, all just for you, there's a Blu-ray release of Picard Season 2. Mm. I know you like your Jean-Luc Picard's action scenes. Oh, man. I, when are you going to watch Patrick Stewart break in half when he throws a punch? <laughs> it's, I get nervous. I'm nervous every time I'm watching one of those things. <laughs> watch that hip. Uh, what else is coming up? I think HBO did this. There's a, it's not a documentary, but it's a TV show. It's a show about the rise of the Lakers. It's winning time. Mm-hmm. It's just, I believe, is this the one that broke up Will Ferrell and uh, and uh, Adam McKay? Because I, I think that, that was... Will wanted to play the owner of the Lakers, and he went with Ferrell instead. Um, you mean John C. Riley? I'm sorry, when J.C. Riley instead. Yeah, that one is out on HBO Max. I forget what it's called, but that that came out a while ago. Um, oh, is like, it something different then? This is something different, yeah. All right, because well, this is Winning Time, Rise of the Lakers Dynasty Season 1, is a Blu-ray release of that show. Oh, okay. I guess maybe what I'm confused of is if that's what broke the McKay-Farrell mm. partnership. It was something where Farrell wanted to play a part, and yeah. McKay went in a different direction, and okay. it really upset him. Uh, what else? New to Blu-ray? In uh, retro VHS slipcovers, uh, the uh, Replacement Killers, the Mia Servino Chalion Fat film, mm. and then Ron Howard's The Paper, featuring Michael Keaton, Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, Marissa Tomei, and of course, nutball Randy Quaid. Uh, I actually pre-ordered this for like eight bucks, because I remember watching it as a kid, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And um, you, know, you can't get more, you can't have enough Michael Keaton. 4K releases, we talked about Army of Darkness, Matt. Criterion's Night of the Living Dead. The Criterion release, again, is getting a UHD release. The uh, original OG Fright Night getting released in 4K, but just in a steelbook. I will buy this because I like Fright Night, and I have never owned it in any capacity. Okay. But I'm not going to get the steelbook. What about you? Are you a Fright Night fan? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Again, it's, again, one of the uh, right right price point. I will buy it. I think I have it in DVD. Yeah, okay. What about uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Coppola film? Ugh. I don't know how I feel about them. I, I remember I didn't like it when I first saw it when it came out. I So I revisited it about, I don't know, six months ago on HBO. I didn't I didn't love it. It looks good, oh, but really? I still didn't love it. Mm, I bought the, I think I had a DVD, then I upgraded to the blue because I did a 4K scan. Yeah. Um, but what I understand, the 4K disc looks even better, obviously. Yeah. Because uh, you have a lot more room on that disc. But think... um, this is a Steelbook 30th anniversary. I don't think I'll be upgrading the UHD like yeah. you. I enjoy it, but it's yeah. not like a... Really? I mean, yeah. Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves are a one-two punch of dragging that thing down. I think that's really what it is. It pains me to agree with you. with uh, <laughs> Not just Keanu, but of course, Ms. Ryder. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, your other big Steelbook release is Scream 2 is getting a 4K Steelbook mm. release. Um, did you hear about the big uh, snafu at Walmart with a Halloween 4K collection? Uh, no, I didn't. So they're releasing a box set of the Halloween movies from 95 through 2002, mm-hmm. which is plainly all of the shit ones. Right. And 
they sold it for like a couple hours at $22. Oh, wow. And it's like a $160 set or something oh, wow. like that. Wow. So they sold out in instant. And I, I didn't find out about it until too late. I was going to try and jump in on it, but I didn't yeah. see it until four hours later. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine they're not going to cancel all of those orders. I don't know, man. I mean, isn't that like, you know, a... Like like the thing, like if they miss market and you buy it at that price, they have to sell it to you for that price? I think they can, they don't have to. Because I, I bought something once. It was on um, Deep Discount DVD, I think. It was mm. the Hammer Collection, a whole uh-huh. bunch of Hammer movies, like 40 of them on a Blu-ray set. Yeah. It was like nineteen ninety nine, Right. Because they had screwed it up. Yeah. And they, I ordered it, but they canceled it. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm, but I'm sure I guess Walmart's the only thing that's different, care. though, is that that's probably some guy in like a tiny little storefront and this is freaking Walmart. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably could have complained to like the AG where that guy is and they would have, you know, they would have made him do something. About Honor it. the price. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to see though. So monitor Twitter folks, see if people start getting their $22 Halloween 4k collections. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would spend $22 on that, but that's it. I would not those. I mean, now I will say I rewatched, uh, my Halloween 4k. Yeah. And it does look really nice. Yeah. And the Dolby Atmos track is like a night and day difference. I watched it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I watched it for a while with like the original, I think it was like a 2.0 mix. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? I popped on the Atmos mix and backed it up. And it was like a revelation yeah. in sound. It was so much clearer and better. So, so. what movies are those? What what movies are 2000 or 1995 to 2002? So it's four, yeah, and it's for the producer's cut, okay, right, which brings in more of the cult of thorn thing, whatever it is, uh-huh. and then it's like it's like revenge return, and then it's the really like what's the one where they do the uh the reality t v show where they go into the the Myers house I don't is think that I saw resurrection that one. I don't think I, saw I don't know that one. yeah, and h two o is in it, okay. the Jamie Lee Curtis first time she came yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. sequel, yeah. Uh, and then it's like Reve- is it revelations. I don't know, but it's all the late nineties into the aughts. Okay. Obviously, it's ninety five to 02. Right. So yeah, it's all the really, really. I was just really I was just curious ones. if that if that was the cutoff of like they stuck the Rob Zombie ones in there just for no uh, no those are out. <laughs> okay. H two O, which is the first one with Curtis, yeah. is it's okay. Yeah. But the rest of them, no bueno. So good times. But now watching that Halloween in UHD, I am now leaning towards picking up Halloween 3 if it looks and sounds that good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I love that movie so much. I wouldn't get Halloween. I'm not going to get Halloween 2. I have that on blue. I don't need to upgrade that one. Um, but 3, you're straight to DVD pick of the week, Matt. Tooth Fairy, Queen of Pain. A school trip turns deadly for a group of children and teachers, Matt. When they're terrorized by an unhinged escape metal patient who claims to be the tooth fairy who is there to collect their bounty. What should we be streaming this week? Well, um, I've caught up with the first two episodes of the latest Star Wars show, Andor. I think they're up to four episodes now, so I'm, I'm a little bit behind. I'm not going to say something like it's the best of the Star Wars <laughs> Star Wars series so far, but it's pretty good. It is a much grittier look at kind of star wars life i mean in the first episode he goes to a brothel which i mean when, when did you ever think you're gonna see that on disney plus Hello. and uh i don't know i kind of like how it kind of drives a line between the fact that the rebellion not all of them are such nice guys they're not heroic and you know there are a bunch of killers and, and terrorists depending on your point of view and they certainly kill a lot of people so it's an interesting take on uh on the kind of underbelly of the rebellion you have my curiosity <laughs> Now you have my attention. No, I heard pretty good yeah, things about it. It's not so it's not bad at all. Um I'm enjoying it so far. I was also gonna say I watched Django Unchained the other day. It's a lot better than I remembered it. I think I may have given it an unfair shake when I first watched it. Really? I don't know. Man, it's it's my least favorite Tarantino joint. There. Really? Though I love Yeah. Yeah. Least favorite. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Look at his over. I mean, I think it's all really strong. And I say least favorite, I would give it like a B minus. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think. Well, I think when we're looking back, I think we did give it like a B minus, maybe even a C plus. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think I'd have to go up a half letter grade or so on that one. 
All right, maybe I'll add that to my list too. Well, this, that's but that one. Yeah, no, I heard that one. You've seen before, so you will actually watch it again. So that's true. Uh, no, I heard Andor is quite good. Very uh, like the most adult yeah. thing that they've done so far. So um, interesting. All right, I finished Miss mm. Marvel, which is um, I really enjoyed yeah. that show. I think it. I loved because I'm so culturally yeah. ignorant. The peek inside her the culture, and I think that was mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, I think they bumbled the ending. I think that last episode isn't terribly yeah. strong, but overall, as a series, I'd give yeah. it a B plus. I really uh, enjoyed. Yeah, that I whole didn't thing. really understand. I mean, I yeah, she's great. I think she's wonderful, and I don't. Um, I mean, I know why people are hating on it, but I think those people are wrong. I think it's just. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Not everything has to be super serious all the time, guys. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, good. Um, I guess that's it, right? Are we are we done talking yeah, about I think stuff? We're... I'm Garth Marenghi, author, dreamweaver, visionary, plus actor. You are about to enter the world of my imagination. You are entering my dark place. I've been watching along with you, and it makes me sad that we're close to the end here. Mm-hmm. So, what is Matt has never seen Garth Marenghi's mm-hmm. Dark Place, and as he has routinely refused to watch stuff <laughs> I've recommended to him, he finally acquiesced mm-hmm. and is going through Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, currently available on Amazon Prime. So, Matt, what episode did you watch this? Uh, week? It is the Scotch Mist. So, mm-hmm. a creeping mist falls across um which i can't tell if it's a moors or an inner city locale where dark place is is located um because it kind of vacillates between each from the uh the exterior shots but the mist contains uh, the vengeful ghosts of of uh of scottish warriors who are out to punish those english bastards for their bastardry and uh you know Dags takes care of it, man. Dags takes care of it. I I enjoyed this quite a bit, and I don't even know why I liked it so much because I'm not like UK, so I don't get the kind of, you know, the kind of casual racism towards the Scots that Dags is just dropping through the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. But I also thought it was <laughs> it was really. I just found it very amusing to watch it, and I was really on board with it, especially when the Scottish ghosts came up with their their ginger their ginger beards and their and their their filthy kilts and everything else like that. It was it's pretty good. I enjoyed this one quite a bit. So, what are you going to give it as a grade then? A minus. All right. I have not been tracking these <laughs> at all, so that's good. Last week, then to go one more mm-hmm. episode, the creeping moss of, from the shores mm-hmm. of Shagath next week, and you will have a new intro. For this segment oh. next week, because it is a legendary tune. <sighs> We're one of the best things to come out mm-hmm. of the whole show. So we'll be opening it with that, too. Uh, if you've been following along, it's been fun revisiting these. So thanks, Matt. For Have you watched that. any of the other kind of uh, shows from this creative team? I, I've, I haven't. I started to watch. I think I saw a few episodes of the IT mm-hmm. crowd, but I never stuck okay. with it, which is Aota's yeah. thing, right? And I haven't seen anything in wholeness or I know Matt Barry has done a lot of stuff too that I've been wanting mm-hmm. to check out. But no, I had like was it Toast of London? Is yeah, one Toast of, of London, um, The Mighty Boosh, which was also on Adult Swim. Yeah. Um, but there's something I've been I've been meaning to watch it. Apparently there was like a a Christmas special that these guys did, like a Christmas musical um called like ADBD or something like that that is available on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. The BBC ran it one time. Um I- I'm looking forward to seeing what that is all about. Yeah, maybe we'll do that then maybe. for the holidays. Yeah, that would be, be fun. fun. We can uh, watch mm-hmm. that and discuss it. Cool. All right, Matt. Let's keep rolling then. Let's spend a few minutes to talk about Confess Fletch, the sequel that basically came out of nowhere and that basically nobody even knew was being made. My father's paintings were stolen. The Picasso was appraised at $20 million. Well, it hardly seems worth stealing. You're not a detective. But I was an investigative reporter. It's an occupation that's been cheapened by the digital age, like president. Earl Maurice Fletcher. They caught me in the middle of a yawn. Can you imagine that? Who killed this young woman? I think the victim interrupted an art theft. 
your fingerprints are on the murder weapon, and someone matching your description was seen with the victim. Come back with me to police headquarters. I get it. You want my help? Okay. Hey, guys, is there a way we can call in a coffee or a kill for a macchiato? Not literally. I looked into your criminal record. And? You're a bit of a shady character, Mr. Fletcher. <sighs> but I am adorable. Yeah, but that, that trailer isn't. I have started to hear some good things about Confess, Fletch, Matt. Mm-hmm. I did. And I'm like, oh, let me watch a trailer for this thing. And I watch a trailer and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. that That is a bad mm-hmm. trailer. That movie isn't remotely funny. Did you uh, watch the trailer at my order? I did, but after I watched no. the movie. So it probably was, didn't seem as bad to you because you knew the context. Yeah, of and of I think uh, you know the context of some of the gag. And like, if you knew what you were looking for, it basically lays out everything you need to know in the trailer. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. So Fletch, now played by John Hamm. He's a retired investigative reporter now. He doesn't really do that job anymore. He kind of does some freelance stuff, writes for some magazines, and he's been hired to kind of track down potentially a stolen art collection. He comes back to the States for some reason, and he's staying at like somebody's house, Airbnb style, and there's a dead woman in the uh, townhouse, and he is suspected of her murder. Is it all tied in? Maybe. And uh, that's that's pretty much Confess Fletch, man. Matt, and I'm going to say this right out of the gate. Confess Fletch is probably the funniest film I've seen this year. I LOL'd, as the kids say, or some people say. LOL. <laughs> Perhaps even L-M-F-A-O. So uh, I had <laughs> blast with Fletch. I was surprised, Matt, because I've seen the mm-hmm. original, which mm-hmm. I enjoy, but that film's a lot more silly yeah. and inane. And plus, because Jeffy Chase does all the kind of disguises and stuff, which Ham does not do any yeah. of that here. But and but I was shocked because a this film has got like no promotion whatsoever. I read that. A lot of critics liked it, so I watched the trailer. I found the trailer abhorrent. Whoever cut that thing should be fired. And but the film's great. I think it's great. What are your thoughts on uh, Confess? Yeah, I I really enjoy it. I wouldn't say that I I LOL'd. I think I politely chuckled a few times, and I was kind of on board with this thing. I think everybody here is pretty game. Um, I think Ham is pretty charming. Um, I think overall the kind of stakes of the mystery work pretty well. Um. I was entertained throughout the whole thing. I wouldn't say it's like riotously funny though. Um, but that's just me. Maybe I'm just more dead inside than Chris's and yeah. yeah oh yeah. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was, I, th- I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Really? So I laughed out loud, Matt, quite a few times watching this thing. Like, and now I will confess you're, uh, you may be right about one thing is because, I was the only person LOLing uh, over and over again, I think. So maybe that's that could be mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But still, I that's interesting to me. That you, so you didn't uh, really... Well, I guess you enjoyed it, but you didn't dig the vibe well, here as uh, much I as I I enjoyed it. I thought it was amusing. I thought that, oh, that's a clever joke kind of thing. But it wasn't like I was knee-slapping, not able to breathe kind of thing. Well, yeah, I didn't cry from laughing that's usually you know i, I mean was it laughing but I think or was it here ha well all right you have to reset that <laughs> because my one single yeah. ha is like a 10 mm-hmm. of laugh like something really okay. hits me and then and then a regular laugh could be like a five mm-hmm. or a six but the single that's usually means i found something hysterical actually 10 is where i cry when I laugh. So I guess the single ha would yeah, be Yeah, I think the single ha is probably like a... Uh, I don't know why I'm doing a scale yeah, of 10 on this. I think, a I, single, I think a single ha would be a 7 to 8 for you. Because I have seen, at least once at my own expense, something you found so damn funny, you couldn't even speak or like open your eyes. You were laughing so hard. So yeah, yeah. I would say that that's probably that's the true. most genuine type of, of laughing I've seen. And it's usually been at either mine or one of your other friend's expense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I roll. So... Listen, I, okay. I think one of the smart things here is that Ham does not do Chevy in this film at all. He brings his own vibe to it. I think it's very entertaining. You almost kind of forget how handsome Ham is, right? And how big his jangle is. Though the movie makes a point Mm, to tell you that. That's one of the big rumors in in Hollywood is that Ham's packing some heat. Um, But I think Matola smartly leans into Ham here. And I think he's subtly very... I originally wrote down the word brilliant, but I think I'm being a little hyperbolic <laughs> there. I think he's sardonic. I think he's charming and he's mischievous. Mm-hmm. And I think that Ham 
if this thing had gotten a proper push, could have a real franchise on his hands right. here. Maybe it's an HBO Max thing, though I will say that this, I guess, is getting released on, was it on Showtime? Oh. At okay. some point, it's going to be uh, on October 28th. It's going to sh- premiere on Showtime, which is a damn shame. I think this thing has a lot going for it. It has a great bunch of stars in it. Roy Wood, who plays a very deadpan kind of uh, cop who's investigating yep. him. Hilarious. Uh, First-run favorite, Annie Mamulo, shows up as the neighbor mm-hmm. Eve. We may know of her from Barb yep. and Star. Uh, she has a wonderful little uh, cameo part in this film. And... I think the script is really strong. And I think each of the actors really deliver their performances. I don't think the mystery itself is particularly deep or diabolical. I think it's simple. It's straightforward. And then there are some, I think, respectful red herrings. But I think you're here for John Hamm. And I think his mugging, his retorts, his one-liners, I think everything here totally lands. Now, I'm of two minds of this, man. I feel like, A... My problem is, and then Jason over Binge Movies kind of called this out, and I thought about it after his tweet, and then I got <laughs> upset about it because he may be right, and it makes mm. me mad, is that this is primetime dadtainment. Mm. This is middle-aged guy mm-hmm. movies. Now, I want you to percolate <laughs> on that, but I also think that this is kind of a remnant of a bygone cinematic mm. era where we don't see these kind of mid-budget, adult-pleasing comedy mystery thrillers anymore we just don't we used to get two three of them a year and these are pretty much dead and i think that the lack of promotion on this film proves that but there's still a market for this stuff i really think so so what do you think about that matt is this prime dad tainment is it kind of a a memory of a bygone era am i just being too nostalgic middle-aged white guy? i mean what's going on yeah, I guess I could see yes it was, yes. it's prime dadtainment. I mean, I think this is in the same vein as Knives Out, right? I think that's Knives Out. That's the audience Knives Out was shooting for, right? That's the tone it was shooting for. Yeah, yeah. Are we still getting the sequel for Knives Out this year, or is that next year? No, we actually. Yeah, we are. We actually have a date. I think I added added okay. it to the calendar. That's officially been released as a date, and that is. I don't All see right. it. I thought I added it to the calendar, but I'm well, not seeing it. So, so anyway, so there you go. That means you're one to three. So that's two right here in, in 2022. Mm-hmm. So maybe they are there and it's just that they fly under the radar. Um, they don't get a lot of press and maybe you just got to go looking for them. I thought this was good. I think this lives and dies on the performance of John Hamm. And I think he's very game and he's very capable. So I have no problem with that. I think, but I think there's nothing wrong with dad tainment. You can be, as long as you're entertained by it, that's okay. Right. Yeah, I think Jason was saying, too, that he felt like it's basically just a CBS mm. show on the big screen, which I have a major problem with because they don't watch any <laughs> CBS shows. I think their demo group is more like 60-year-old mm-hmm. up right. white folks, you know? And uh, like you mentioned, like The Mentalist, which is on Mac. So I tried watching it, and I got about four episodes in, and I'm like, oh, this isn't really doing but is it for me. But is it like a throwback to 80s? CBS detective shows like Columbo or something. Well, if it was like that, um, I maybe is it? What do you think? Because Columbo's awesome. I bought. I've been watching that Columbo <laughs> box set I bought like the last Prime Day. It's every single episode, including yeah. the movies, like the, the yeah. ever. And I popped that sucker. Out. That show is awesome. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Columbo the whole way through. It's never appealed to me. That's disappointing. You should give it a shot. If that set, you know what? If that set drops down again to like, uh, I think I bought it for twenty bucks or something like that. I, I may just buy it for you, Mickey, and then we'll just look at you. We'll, um, we'll uh, don't worry, darling, you, <laughs> and uh, make you watch the whole thing. Spoiler. Uh, December twenty third okay. is when oh, Knives okay. Out Christmas. is right. uh, coming out. So Merry Christmas to uh, all who celebrate and those mm-hmm. who don't. Wait, now that's boy, that's shit of me to say. <laughs> What's up, Christian nationalist? Merry Christmas, even if you don't celebrate, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, you've, I mean, I'm worried about you. You're coming very Christo-fascist in your old age. That's the Jordan Peterson stuff. Sons of bitches. <laughs> That's what it is. It's really... I'm getting into him big time. Saying it, so. What was I saying? Confess Fletch. Matt. Um, like it. Anything you wanted to add to it? I'm giving it a B plus. Yeah, I'm going to give it a B. <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, I just it's it's more than just this show. This show is a just a, a joke. At this point. 
I think every episode. It's <laughs> we're like a half a letter grade uh, off. All right, I'm gonna have a little fun here. Ready? All right, yeah. so today, B plus B, C plus C. Last week, A, B plus. Oh, a little mm-hmm. more. A minus B plus. There you go for Pearl. D's across the board for Pinocchio. Barbarian, A for me, A minus for you. Resurrection, B plus me, B, U. Um, Honk for Jesus, C minuses. And uh, what else we have here? B plus, A minus, B, B minus. Here we go. Night of the Cups. That yeah. was a big one. A, C plus. Yeah. So that was, a, that was a big boy. Right well, there. here's the problem, Chris. We're... Of similar age, of similar backgrounds. We grew up in basically the same area. We had this work in the same kind of socioeconomic, you know, uh, you know, workplace, right? So, I mean, we probably have a lot of similar tastes. You like college football, huh? though. I don't, I don't watch. Okay, well then, here's this. Like Why don't we is. watch some sports movies? We'll watch football movies versus <laughs> baseball movies, and I'm sure we'll be very separated on how how each one of those likes those. Oh boy, that sounds dreadful. <laughs> you're not here for the reviews. You're here for the talent, for the repartee mm-hmm. between your two hosts. That's, That's why you're here. Uh, let's see here. Are there a couple things I want to talk about with Fletch? Matt, Ham gave back 60% of his salary to get them a couple more days oh, wow. of shooting. He believed in the project that much, so good for him. Matolo did too, but not that much. He actually said in an interview, like, yeah, Ham gave 60%. Like, I, I, I got three kids and I'm not rich like John <laughs> Ham, so I couldn't do that. But uh, I think it's great, Matt. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Uh, Matolo supposedly has been hired to write a sequel. He wants to base it off of Fletch's Fortune, which takes place at a journalism conference, which I think in today's world would be a really fun thing they could play with. Um, Hopefully this will find some life on Showtime, word of mouth, and we'll get that sequel. I would really like to see that. Would you be up for a sequel? Is there enough there to pull you in for another film? I think so. I mean, obviously this is apparently a series of novels, so... I guess there's however many there are, there's that many that you could pull from. There you go. All right, folks, get out there. Go see Fletch or Confess Fletch while you can and make sure you check it out on Showtime. Who owns Showtime, really? Just maniacs who get suckered in by their cable company to get the premier package and they get all the shit. Like my mom. My mom's mm-hmm. that way. She has like, yeah, no, I pay about $280 a month for my <laughs> my uh, cable and I can watch you know, HBO Guam. It's insane. What are your thoughts on Confess Fletch? If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you have seen it, feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, I feel like I dropped the ball on this alternate realities mm-hmm. thing because I came up with a bunch of interesting ones, I think, but I'm not. Sorry. What the hell is that? It's my, my phone, my, my ring was making noises here. I fixed it. That's weird. Good for <laughs> you. You know what I have that I have not used yet? It's like a purchase. I don't know. I got it because I was all excited about it and I haven't used it in any capacity is my Star Trek communicator Bluetooth oh. phone. Man, why aren't you why aren't you why aren't you walking around talking on speakerphone on that thing? You would think I would be. Let me see if we can get it to hold on. Nice. That That's is pretty, pretty cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, the speaker's not awesome cuz like, I couldn't play music through it, but and it does play a little Let's catch that. Oh wait, no, not that. This is this is some really good radio right here, man. I'm trying to get. Th- All right, fine, whatever. Kirk out. All right, let's go ahead, Matt, and talk about our favorite. Ooh, you know what? Star Trek may even make my list in some capacity. Way to blow the show, Chris. Alternate realities. Let's talk about it. I know, I know. You'd almost forgotten I work here, but I swear I was out all night toying with ideas for the fashion show, and I've really hit on something, you see. What? Uh, I took four bottles of vodka on Friday. It was my birthday, you know that. I was having a party and I was running late, so I borrowed some. I bought some more to replace it. Not a lot of use to me when I had nothing to offer the executives who dropped by late Friday. Off the top of my head, you could have told them you'd run out. It's it's popular stuff. Bullshit, bullshit. Oh, we're in PR. That's what we do, isn't it? But you didn't do that, did you, Paul? No. So I'm out. Am I? Mm. 
Well, this is just perfect. Congratulations. You've wanted me out for ages. Now you've done it. Very well done. Very well done. Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, English accent. I didn't realize how thin her eyebrows in that one, in that movie was, man. The 90s were crazy. Mm -hmm. Man, that is a clip from Sliding Doors, a film that I loved. Um, It's the big romantic in me. So basically what happens is Gwyneth Paltrow's character, she's on her way to work and she uh, gets up to the train and she misses it and the doors close. So the movie takes two divergent paths. And what happens if she makes a train? What happens if right. she doesn't? Right? And it's, um, see how her life changes. And I always like sliding doors. So I wanted to give it an honorable mention. Okay. So there you go. I will, you have finished sliding doors? Uh, I don't know. Seen I, I've seen sliding doors. I remember uh, a young woman that I was casually seeing made me watch it. I thought it was okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't love it. Okay. That's fine. I think, that, I think that's what the anky panky. I think that's what ended the the budding relationship was. She loved it, and I was like, mm, it was okay. That's it. It was over right then. <laughs> I think we need we do need more stories of Matt and his time. As Goddamn a- sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> we should get to that more often sometimes. Uh, all right, Matt. I'll I'll go first. I'll give you the ultimate number one. Uh, I'm gonna go number five. It's a subtle thing, and I want to state too that. None of these, maybe one or two of them, are world are realities that I'd sure. want to live in. Okay. All right. They're just the ones I found the most interesting. And for me, it's going to be probably one of our, if not our favorite horror film um, of the past 10 years. Because uh, it it's, it's a, such a small little detail. But in It mm-hmm. Follows, there is a makeup shell case that's also like a phone and it just that single thing establishes that we're in this weird kind of alternate right. reality of yeah. that film. So it's just a small little touch that kind of makes you look at the whole film a little cockeyed. And I love that touch. So it follows my it's number a good five. One. Um, yeah, that was a weird. That really threw me for a loop because it's like you're thinking it's like early '90s, you know, the whole time, and then it's like, yeah, that shouldn't be there. Well, I don't, I don't get it. What's going on? Um, all right, so my number yeah. five then. I struggled with this a little bit because a lot of these, when I was trying to research it, it's a lot of time travel, and I didn't really want to do time travel. Uh, but I did do this one, and that's what I'm going to call Live, Die, Repeat, a.k.a. The Edge of Tomorrow, where basically oh, it's that uh, it's the future. Um, aliens have invaded Earth, and they are steadily kicking humanity's butt. Um, it comes to find out that a army captain is pressed into service and he is killed and gets some of their blood on, on him. And it allows him the power to reset the day every day with all of the previous knowledge. And he uses that to try and defeat them. Really cool film, really criminally underseen when it was out in the theaters, but cult classic guys. If you haven't seen it, it's Tom Cruise at his sci-fi best. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is great, and I'm disappointed. I totally forgot mm. to include that on my list. So that is a great pick, Matt. Thank you for bringing that up. My number four, then, is the OG Matrix. Mm. This is pre-Matrix. We did a marathon on Russian films, what, a year yeah. ago? And I'm going to go, then, Matt, with World on mm. a Wire, where you have people working on a simulation world to kind of keep people occupied or whatever, right? Because these people live in a simulation. So they're, they're these people who are actually working on that simulation. Except that they're in a simulation as well. And I just, I don't know why that, it's kind of a cliched move at this point, but when you factor in everything that's going on in Russia at the time, or I should say the Soviet Union, at the time the film was made, um, it's really fascinating. I believe it was my favorite film of our marathon mm-hmm. as well. So, um, yeah, no, that and Stalker, Stalker man, was good. boy, two just brilliant yeah. films. So, but yeah, so World in a Wire is my number four. Just all the little weird kind of touches and how you're kind of questioning everything through the whole the whole thing. And wow, look at them working on this other reality. These people are crazy. They can't. They don't really see what's happening. But the whole time you're in it too. So good stuff. All right. So my number four then is a is one of the I guess one of the, when you think of 90s underground movies, or at least kind of cult classic movies, this one kind of immediately leaps to mind. Um, And it's Dark City. So basically, Mm -hmm. a guy wakes up accused of uh, committing several murders, except he has no recollection of actually doing this. And he's kind of trapped in this 
techno-industrial city where it's always nighttime and he's being pursued by these kind of under otherworldly kind of creepy dudes in suits called the strangers kind of a weird film i won't kind of spoil anything else for you but it is kind of one of the early kind of 90s attempts at uh, an alternate reality and that's a good one i haven't seen that film in a mm. long time i have to catch up with that i think it's on max or it usually is it's been on itunes too for like five bucks repeatedly and i've almost pulled the trigger a few times but i want to get there's like an extended version mm. right that's supposed to be even kind yeah. of richer and fuller so that's kind of what i want to see so i don't think i've ever seen the extended version i just saw the original so my number three then we don't really get a peek inside this universe i don't believe but we know it exists because one of the characters shows up in into the mm-hmm. spider-verse and of course that is peter porker the spectacular <laughs> spider ham uh i loved even though i was not a kid I loved that comic book when it came out and they had all the animal mm-hmm. versions of all the Marvel superheroes yep. like uh, Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk bunny or something like that. <laughs> Captain America, <laughs> uh, all of them. And I just loved all of that stuff. So I would love to see an animated series focusing just on Peter Porker uh, and that whole thing. I just the love fact that it exists <laughs> in the MCU proper is uh, amazing. I think it's Amazing. wonderful. So, all right. Yeah. Um, my number three, then I kind of vacillated on which Christopher Nolan film to put on here, but I went with inception. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially the other, the other reality that they're messing with is inside your head. It is the dreams has one of those still, I've said it many times in the show, craziest fight scenes I've ever seen. And it is fantastic. That fight scene. And then of course you've got the, the ending. Whereas is it dreamers reality? Chris, do you see the top wobble or don't you? Where do you land on that one? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it does fall. Because it does wobble just a little yeah, bit at does. the end, right? Before yeah. it goes black. So, yeah. No, I think they're in the real okay. world. I'd like to give uh, them a happy ending if Very I can. Good. Within my powers. So, what about you? Yeah, Where I think it think? falls, it too. Fall? I think that little that little wobble, I think, is uh, gives it away for me. There you go. So, my number two, then is a i guess it's technically like a reboot of a franchise so in 2009 jj abrams reboots the star Mm -hmm. trek series and it's now affectionately known as the kelvin timeline so what happens is what i love about it matt is that it doesn't impact anything that we've seen before right all the shatner stuff still Mm -hmm. happens it's just that this is an alternate timeline that breaks off with the chris pine crew right and I love the sandbox they created with that. Now, do they fumble Khan? Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit. But still, I, I think Star Trek Beyond, which is that's the Justin yeah. Lin one, right? Is a lot of fun. Maybe a little too Fast and furious yeah. for me. But still, it's a very and it's a very enjoyable and engaging and entertaining movie. And I've liked all of these films. I keep hoping they're going to get a fourth one off the ground at some point. But that's my two, is that they're able to split that off and deliver these three films. And I think Pine does a great job capturing the essence of Shatner's yeah. Kirk while putting his own yeah. spin on it. I think they all do, really. So, yeah, that, that's my two. Yeah, I do like those Star Trek films. I think they're pretty fun. Um, so my number two, then, is uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which is, frankly, one of, the, one of my favorite superhero movies that have ever been released. I think... Uh, it's a lot of fun. I love the characters. I, you know, really connected with Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy, and of course the put upon version of Spider Man and Jake Johnson. Um, even we'll even say John Mulaney's uh, Spider Ham and Chris and Nick Cage's uh, 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 Spider Man Noir are, are fun little touches. I think I think honestly, Spider Verse is I think one of the top three superhero films that are out there right now. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. It's it's my number Mm -hmm. three, right? So my number one then, Matt, is Spirited Away. Uh, Miyazaki's uh, animated masterpiece where the young girl and her family, they they break down, right? And they cross this bridge and they're looking for food and stuff. And their parents start to, what, gorge themselves on food and turn into pigs. 
and she comes across this bathhouse and she meets somebody and they basically has to try and rescue her family and all the crazy unusual creatures she meets along the way as she's working in the bathhouse and uh trying to save her family and i love just the alternate reality that Miyazaki presents to us such brilliant move um characters and designs and everything about it what is the um i cannot remember i'm blanking on the name of the creature that eats everything and gets bigger and bigger uh, and yeah with the mask i forgot too i forgot what yeah but that that dude was creepy uh, and anyway spirited away brilliant film so it's my, my that's a good one. pick i didn't even think of that one so i went with the most obvious choice i mean obviously when i was putting this list together usually when i put any of these lists together the first thing i think of is usually ends up being my number one and i guess i i had to go with the matrix i mean it is a layup but it is a layup for a reason mm-hmm. um it is the quintessential uh alternate reality simulation uh you know film that everybody kind of thinks of and it's the one that kind of established these kind of films going forward. So for better or worse, that first one is still a solid piece of filmmaking. Ignore everything after. Yeah, no, it's excellent. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have any horrible mentions? Yeah. um, Interstellar, um, Tenet, Uh uh, The Truman Show, uh, Uh The Village, which is not a great movie, but I think it could have been a lot better than it was. Um, And then I guess, are we thinking everything everywhere all at once is, is a alternate reality film? It's on my honorable mention list, okay. yeah. So I would also add... Uh, did, we, did you say Tenet? Yeah. You did. He just did, right? Um, I would say... What else? Uh, we talk about that? Da, 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 da. Uh, Event Horizon. I like the they treat hell as an alternate sure. dimension and not like as a supernatural yep. kind of place. I think that was kind of a really interesting idea. Uh, you, and then Doctor Strange's paint universe in the That's multiverse of madness. Uh the pit universe was crazy to me and I think it was really smart and fun. And then finally I would say Coraline, mm. um, when she trans over to the shadow, whatever it is dimension. And, uh, yeah, I, I love Coraline. So that one, uh, that had to get an honorable mention for me as well. What are your favorite alternate realities in films or alternate reality movies? Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com. We'd love to hear from you, Matt. What are we going to be discussing next? All right. So looking at the schedule, we have um, Smile to kick off spooky season um, or Blonde. Um, I don't know if that means both or either or. We will let you know. Mm -hmm. And then our our Werewolf Marathon kicks off for spooky season with the original 1941 version of The Wolfman. Oh, man. It's October already. I love October so much. It's one of the things I don't like about being in Florida, outside of the fact that a hurricane's going to come here and wipe <laughs> us out. Uh, I I love October. I have my UHD set from the Universal mm-hmm. Monsters. So it's what Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, and uh, Invisible Man, Mummy. Who's... I think it's it's one of the other. Black Lagoon? I think it's Invisible Man. Okay. It's okay. Invisible Man. The Mummy's not in that one. I love the Mummy too, which is uh, too bad. Is it that one? I can't remember now. I'm going to look in my collection real fast, Matt, and see what it okay. says. Okay. Got a lot of good radio. Invisible Man. Invisible Man. Lots of great <laughs> stuff today. So, yeah, I'll be busting that sucker out. Yeah, I haven't watched the original Wolfman since it was like on Channel 56. Uh, you know, set, uh, you, I might be older than you for that. But every Saturday, they would do monster movies on 56 in the Saturday matinee. Sometimes it was Godzilla, but like that's how I watched Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Abbott and yeah. Costello, too, yeah. as well. Did I even call it Mon- no, Monster Vision? Was that USA? What was Monster Vision? Anyway, enough <laughs> nostalgia today. Let's uh, wrap up the big show, Matt. Check us out at thefirstrun.com. You get an archive of all the shows. There's a report card, and there is more. Actually, Matt, we, we have started. The Spotify page of the mm. show is mm-hmm. live. So... Even though they can get the podcast there, I'm going to start adding content to it, like making mixes of my favorite scores, that kind of thing too. And I, because last week we talked about Matt was going to create for me a, what, like a grunge, not grunge, Indie rock. but a, a guitar, yeah, a guitar mm-hmm. rock kind of mix. And I did put together my Frank and the, Frank Black and the Catholics mix. So that is actually on our Spotify page right now. And what else? Um, YouTube. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review to help other people find the show. And I guess that's it. So we're going to go ahead and take an extended break. Matt, 
pray for me and make sure that the first run HQ survives the next few days as Hurricane, is it Ian or Ian? I don't know. I say Ian. Bearing on down on us. So uh, wish us luck. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. We love you very much, and we will see you soon. Yo, she bitch. Let's go. Whoa!